Welcome to RVing Dads. This is uh, Season 2, Episode 6. My name is Todd Muller. I'm sitting here next to my partner. Dustin Dinkins. And uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, tonight we're going to talk about travel hacks. RV tips and tricks from the pros. I'm not sure we're the pros, but uh, at least we get some travel tips and tricks from Dustin and I. <laughs> so uh, tonight's episode is brought to you by Full-Time Families. Uh, Full-Time Families is a great organization for those of you who have a family looking to travel full-time, are traveling full-time, or are just in the planning stages, check out fulltimefamilies.com. And today's episode is also brought to you by learntorv.com. That is learn, L-E-A-R-N, to T-O-R-V.com. So learntorv.com has a bunch of information to help new RVers get on the road, uh, as well as a bunch of tips and tricks, so it fits in perfectly with this episode. And we're lucky enough to have uh, Doug Setzer, the uh, owner of LearnToRV.com, as a special guest later on in this episode. Ooh, a guest speaker. This is exciting. Very exciting. Um, and Doug's always a, a delight to talk to. So tonight we're sitting here drinking some Old Fashions. Todd uh, crafted these. Uh, they're very tasty. They're a little bit different last time. Uh, I do like to try new things. So tonight's Old Fashions have some Jim Beam double oaked bourbon in them. Very flavorful and much, uh, it's, it's like a fuller flavor than that uh, bullet bourbon we had the other night. Yeah, I would say the, the Old Fashioned came out a little, bit, a little bit better than the bullet, although I'll be honest, if I'm having it neat, I think uh, it's tough to beat a bullet. Absolutely. And uh, we're drinking these Old Fashions while watching the Comet. Uh, Comet Neowise is in the sky tonight. It is. It, uh, it was fun to watch, and, and I think it's going to be the last time we get to see it for, for quite some time. Yeah, 6,000 years, I believe. 6,500 years. So uh, what, what episode do you think we'll be on then? What season will we be on then? Well, at least I think we'll, we'll have to be on season three by then, at least. <laughs> Alright, so travel tips and tricks, and why, why do we care about this, Dustin? Well, you simply want to simplify your RV experience, right, Todd? You want to look like a pro, you want to skip all the mistakes, and you just want to make camping easier. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of ways to make the, the whole experience better, and that's making it flow smoother and, and quicker than and spending two days getting your RV ready to move. Yeah, and you can learn them over this short podcast, or how long did it take us to learn all these tips and tricks? Oh, I don't know, four years? <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've made a lot of mistakes. Yeah, I have made a lot of mistakes myself. Uh, some of these things I wish I knew. Some of these things I learned the hard way. Some of these things Dustin has said to me, and I, I, I laugh at him, and then when he's not looking, I think, why didn't I think of that myself? <laughs> Usually when you tell me something, Todd, I ignore it until the same mistake happens to me. I'm like, darn it, I should have listened to Todd. <laughs> I, you know what? We would probably both be very much much better at, at RVing if we would just listen to each other. <laughs> we should listen to this podcast. We probably should. There's probably some good information yeah, in there. Yeah, we could learn a lot. <laughs> so well, let's let's start with driving hacks, some driving tips, because we're RVers, we full-time, we, we end up driving a lot to our dis- different destinations. So what would you say is a, a good driving tip to start us off here? I know for me, uh, you know, I, I have a large fifth wheel, so I have some restrictions as far as height goes. Um, you know, I don't want to get on back roads with, with steep inclines or declines because I don't want to be trying to 
slow my 18,500 pound RV down. Uh, so I always check, I check a few things. I check a satellite view when I can. Uh, I also use the Allstays RV and Camper app. Uh, I find it useful for looking for low clearances, looking for steep grades, um, and I can make sure I avoid those, or if, I, if I'm going to have to go through them, at least I know what I need to do. Yeah, I do the old school method with the Trucker's Atlas. It's a paper paper book, and it just highlights all the, the routes that a truck can fit on. And uh, trucks, if you're not aware, are 13, 6 feet high, 13 feet, 6 inches high, which is higher than an RV, and they're typically longer than an RV. So if a semi, a truck can take the road, then so can I. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny, actually. When I'm, when I'm driving uh, on a road that I think might be suspicious, uh, one of the most comforting sights is seeing a tractor trailer. Once I see a tractor trailer, I know, okay, I'm safe. I don't need to worry too much about the upcoming terrain. Absolutely. And satellite view is great, like you said, for checking roads. I do satellite view for two things. I check the campground, my destination, to make sure that I can safely get into the campground and find a site. Just look for the, the size of it and, and, and things like that. But I also tend to look at the satellite view for any stops on my journey. If I'm going to stop at a fuel station, I want to just do a quick satellite view because it tells me where I'm going to pull in. Am I, am I making a right turn, a left turn, any obstructions? I can just, in my head, I'm a very visual person, so I can lay out my 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 route through that stop, whether it be a parking lot or um, or a busy fuel stop. I can just quickly glance at it. Satellite view is so insightful. Yeah, it absolutely is, and, and I like to actually delegate that, so I make sure I have I have a co-pilot with me. Um, we actually travel with a... I drive our truck with our RV, and then my, my wife has a, a... Or we have a car that my wife drives separately. So I always make sure I, at least, I have at least one child with me who is able to look at maps and, and help me navigate that. You know, my preference is actually to stop in smaller gas stations. I'd rather stop at a a, a Sunoco or, a, or a, a smaller gas station. I just find it quicker and easier to get in and out. Of course, they have to have a diesel lane. I like a diesel lane. Uh, so I'll have my... My co-pilot checked that out on satellite view, but if I'm just feeling lazy and I just want to, I just want to know that I'm going to be safe getting in and out, I'll go to a pilot or a, or a, one of the the larger uh, truck stops where I know I can fit. And and it's all about food too. The, yeah, absolutely. The stops and the route, right? So, um, having food throughout your journey is important for me and my kids. If they're screaming, nothing shuts them up faster than some food. Yep. <laughs> uh, but also it it. Uh, when it's a stressful travel day, you forget about food sometimes. You get hungry, you get grumpy, you get angry. And uh, just having a quick snack is a surefire way to, to combat that. So what, what do you prefer? Do you prefer to uh, have your own food or do you prefer to stop and, and pick up fast food or some other food on the way? I prefer to have my own food if possible, yeah. Yeah, we, we do the same thing. You know, we try to plan it out. Um, when, we, when we're leaving in the morning, a couple things I like to have with me is I like to have a couple hard-boiled eggs. For myself and whoever's in the car, I find them a quick and easy way to have a, a tasty breakfast. Um, I usually bring in a, a yogurt. Uh, I know I probably shouldn't be eating a yogurt as I'm driving down the road, but I do it anyway. <laughs> uh, I like sandwiches. They're easy. You can wrap them up, and, and, and they're good for a couple hours. Um, and we do a lot of chips and pretzels and uh, bite-sized foods. Yep, we do the same thing. If I'm, if I'm feeling really... Uh, really healthy the night before I may cut up some carrots and celery um, maybe some peanut butter to dip it in or some other kind of dressing ranch dressing is always good of course uh, to keep myself healthy but a lot of times it's until it drips on your shirt well yeah I guess you've seen my shirts <laughs> <laughs> How but about... 
Yeah, leaving early. You gotta, oh, yeah. You got to leave early. Yeah, I was going to just mention travel time. So I, uh, it's always a struggle in my household. My, uh, my family are late risers. They're late risers and they're, they stay up late at night. For the most part, I, I, I don't, I'm not a super early riser, but, uh, I am much more alert in the morning. So when we have a long travel day, I want to be gone out of the campground as early as I possibly can because I'm more alert. Uh, and I feel like I have to be more alert when I'm driving, uh, my RV just so I'm, I'm safe for my passengers, but everyone around me as well. And, uh, you know, typically I like to be in my campground by three or four o'clock in the afternoon, if at all possible. Yeah, three o'clock's good. Um, when I launched, I, uh, I heard a good saying. It was two hundred and two, I think the two 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 rule, where you um, want to do less than two hundred miles and arrive at your destination by two o'clock, um, and that's always a good rule. We we try to follow it. We hardly ever do, because when I'm driving, I want to get I want to get some miles on. I want to get get far, but I do try to stop early. Uh, I, I will, like you saying, 3 o'clock, maybe 4 o'clock, I, I'm completely done. I want to just be at a campground at a destination. Um, right. But leaving early is important for me. If I was to wait for my kids, we would not leave until 2 o'clock. So um, a- as we've accelerated through the years, I leave earlier and earlier and earlier. And so um, now I'm able to, I have a, a Class A now, and I'm able to leave very early in the morning. Um, just kick the kids and, and we, we get going. And it's great because I can put on those miles early in the morning and we get a lot of miles on before that two o'clock cutoff. Yep. Another tip, I guess, for for driving day. Uh, As far as cities go, I know, I don't know if you do this as well, Dustin, but I know if I know I have to get through a city, I'll actually try to plan my route so I'm doing it at the least uh, congested time of the day. you know, Atlanta is a big one. You know, going to Florida, going out of the South, just about everywhere you go, it seems like you have to hit Atlanta. And Atlanta can be a nightmare. There's no good time in Atlanta. There's not. The only time I found that's good is about about 10.30 a.m. on a Sunday morning. Uh, I don't know if everyone in Atlanta goes to church. I'm not sure what's going on, but I've gone through there at 10.30 and, and didn't even have to slow down. But just about any other time is, is just a nightmare. So if you have a city to go through, just think about that. Consider rush hour. Uh, I try to get through there, uh, you know, I try to get through there in the middle of the day when, when most people are at work. Um, I guess taking a taking a, a step back, before I depart, you know, you had mentioned you do have a, a Class A now. Um, I know for me, in, in a fifth wheel, you know, after we, we break down the campsite and we hook everything up, uh, one of the most important things that I think any, any fifth wheel driver can do is a tug test. So after you've hooked everything up, um, I find it's key to... You know, use the little lever inside your truck to engage those trailer brakes and uh, put the truck in gear and actually give it a tug and pull on it and make sure that that hitch is fully engaged. Uh, when I do it, I leave the legs down. So if it is not engaged and I disconnect, my my legs on my RV are going to catch me. And it's not going to crush the bed of my truck. One time, Todd, one time. That happened to me one time where I actually wasn't connected and the trailer disconnected from the truck. I was still on the hitch, thankfully, but... I always do the tug test, it, and that one time saved me right there. I would have, my trailer would have hit the truck. It would have damaged the bed. It would have damaged the trailer, and um, it would have damaged my pride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you have a fifth wheel, a fifth wheel, um, nothing more important than a, than a tug test before you hit the road. Uh, and then the good old fashioned walk around. Do the walk around. Just walk around. I can't tell you how many times where we're already we're packed up, we're in the in the truck or the class a we're we're seconds away from putting 
the transmission and drive and, and hitting the gas. And I say, well, I'm just going to walk around one more time. And I walk around, I'm like, oh, I forgot the mat. I didn't put up the stairs. The antenna's still up. This window's still open. The vent's out. There's yep. so many things that we just forget in our normal walk around. So I, I always do one last walk around, and it's inevitable that I find something. Yep, I do the same thing. And I do it slowly, and I try to make sure I am focused and looking at exactly what is going on. I look at all sides of my RV. I even count the lug nuts. I just want to make sure everything is where it should be. And, and like you said, there's always there's a chalk I forgot behind one of my wheels, or there's a, a mat laying on the ground, or one of the kids' toys is laying out there. It's a good little relaxing time, too, because I do it when the whole family is all in the vehicle and buckled up, and all the loudness is happening in the vehicle, so then I can step outside, and, walk and around, take a couple deep breaths, get get ready for the drive ahead. Right, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> you, you have that one pause when you think, I could just keep right on walking and, <laughs> and not go back to the truck, but, but I always do go back. <laughs> well, since we're talking about campground hacks here, we're in a campground, we're, we're setting up to leave. Um, what are some other things about campgrounds that we should, we should talk through? So I guess one of the, one of the biggest things is just drive slow. You know, <laughs> when you're going through a campground, it's not a race. You don't need to get from the back to the front or the front to the back in any, any amount of speed. Um, just take your time. Mostly what two and a half miles an hour, three three and a half miles an hour. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. That sounds a little too slow to me. Um. Yeah, some say three point <laughs> seven five miles per hour. I think they're silly signs. But the the point is, drive slow in a campground. Doesn't matter if you're towing or you're not towing, uh, because you look like you know what you're doing. If you drive fast through a campground, if you're speeding through a campground, you definitely look like an idiot. <laughs> Yep, you look like you do. You look like a a a, a beginner. Uh, you're gonna get some. You're gonna hear some people yell. Uh, campgrounds are tight. There's trees. There's trucks. There's other RVs. There's kids. There's pets. There's dogs. There's cats. So uh, just keep it slow. Keep it slow. Uh, how about backing into the site? So you get to the campground. You're driving slow. You're looking like a pro. You get to your site. What needs to happen to make you look like a pro here? What what kind of tips and tricks? So the first thing when I get to my my campsite the first thing i generally do is i'll actually stop i'll get out and just get a, take a quick walk over to the site make sure i i notice any trees rocks uh pedestals posts anything that might get in my way that i i might potentially hit uh then i will actually pull forward and before i start to back up you know i align myself with my rearview mirror and actually before i i i start to back up i'll hop out one more time and i'll do a quick walk back make sure i i know the angle i need to come in at um uh, and at this point, when, when my family and I first launched, my wife used to go out and she used to try to help me back into a site. And, and I'm sure everyone's heard the jokes, and, and it's really not a joke. Uh, one, one of the best ways to get into a fight with your spouse is to have them try to guide you into a, back you into a, a campground parking spot. So uh, at this point, we are, we're pretty good. And, and when I do that final check, I go back to see where I need, what angle I need to come in at. I actually position my wife and my kids in certain spots, and I tell them, stand here. If I hit you, tell me. And that's how I know I'm, I'm lined up and I'm going in the right way. <laughs> so funny, Todd. I, I do the exact same thing. I can't tell you how many times I, I want my wife to back me up and use some hand signals and talk to me. And she's a really loud, boisterous person. But when we're backing up, she's not. She's super quiet like a mouse. <laughs> and, and, yeah. 
Yes. We have to be careful what we say here. But uh, I do the same. So I'll position my wife conveniently on one corner. Um, so what I try to do before I back into a site is I'll envision where I want my RV. I know how big my RV is. I know the length. I know the width. So I'll use the corners, the two back corners. I want my left back corner right here. And I'll either place my wife or a kid or a rock or a stick or something that I can see through my mirror. I'll put it there. And then I'll put something on the other corner where I want it. And then maybe I'll put something in the front corner. And that just kind of lines me up. So when I'm backing up, I know where I want my corners. Right. And, and this, this probably is going to sound silly, but there'll be times, as I said, you know, I usually position my family so I know what to aim for. Um, and I know if I'm getting too close to, to an obstacle that they're there to help yell and say stop so I don't hit something. Yeah. But so um, it, it may sound funny, but um, this is only true because we back up really slowly, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so the saying I always have is slow is fast. When you're backing into a campsite or even pulling into a campsite, slow is fast. It, the slower you go, the faster you'll be done with the process. Yep. And I learned that kind of the hard way. You know, I first started, I used to try to back in a little faster to get out of the way. Um, and I'd have to adjust. I'd get back there and then I would be off. I'd be crooked or I wouldn't be in the spot I wanted to be. I'd have to pull in and out. Um, when you take it slow, it's very easy to do on the first shot. You take it slow. If, you, if you're not sure where you are exactly, just stop, hop out, walk back there, take a look at where you are, and um, take your time getting in there. Um, I also, if, if it's a questionable spite, I'll have my, my wife or, or one of my children on, on, on the phone. That's a good one. I, I, I learned that too late, a couple of years into my travels, to call, call your wife on the phone so she can talk to you while you're backing up. Um, I also carry a set of walkie-talkies, fully charged up, ready to go. So I'll just hand that to my wife or one of my children as they get out of the vehicle. And then we can stay in communication throughout the whole process. Right. And, along the, and this is going to sound silly as well, but, you know, I had to explain to, to my children and, and my wife and I talked about it when we first started doing this, is to tell them if they can see you in the mirror, the rear view, the, the back of the side mirrors, I should say, you can see them. If they can't see you, you can't see them. So if, if you have somebody standing out back, they need to make sure that they're looking at your face in the mirror uh, to make sure that you can see them. And I, I have a habit around that as well. If I can't see the person that's helping me, I don't move. I just I just sit there. And at the first couple times, it's it's really annoying. They're like, why aren't you moving? It's like, well, I can't see you. I can't see what you're saying or what you're showing me. If I can't see you, you can't see me. It's not safe. Yep. I should try that. Actually, that that happens just about every time I have to, I get out and I walk to the back and I say, guys, I, I can't see you. Somebody needs to, to stand over here. But I think in the future, I'm going to do that. I'm just going to stop yeah. And wait till come, they come up and ask me what's going on. Patience. <laughs> but, so let me ask you, Dustin. Some campgrounds, not all, but some, the the staff likes to escort you to your site. Um, oh, I hate that. <laughs> I used to think it was it was cool when we were newbies and it was the first time. Well, so now it, it happens sometimes, right? They'll hop in their RV, or in their RV, they'll hop in their, their little golf cart and they'll say, follow me. And they, and they guide you to where your site is. They'll point to it. Then they get out and they want to they want to give you directions on how to back up. What do you do there, Dustin? Rule number one: never listen to a <laughs> campground worker. Yes, <laughs> that is spot on. Um, of course, we probably have some campground workers that are listening, so we apologize. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate the effort and I and I I appreciate someone offering to help me back up, but really, I I I don't want you to help me. It's a great sentiment. <laughs> I, I love it that they want to go out of their way and help help us, but. Never listen to a campground worker. They have no idea how big your rig is. They have no idea how 
to handle your RV. They have no idea how to back up your RV, the turning radius. You do. You drive your RV. You drive your truck. Um, you have a way better understanding of it. So, uh, and you do this all the time. Most people who go to campgrounds are, they're weekenders, right? They they do it occasionally. So, so they might not be familiar with how to back up their RV. So maybe they need this assistance. Um, but as a full-timer, avoid the campground workers. Use your wife, use your children, use another full-timer if you must, or just do it yourself, but do it very, very slowly. And, um, have you had instances where these campground workers want to help you and, and they insist upon uh, guiding you down the process? What do you do? How do you handle it nicely? I smile and I nod and as they tell me to turn my wheel whatever way they want me to turn my wheel, I just ignore them and I continue to back up the way I know I need to back up. Yeah, I do the same. I Again, I'm using the phone or a walkie-talkie with my wife in the back and I will listen to her and her only um, or I'll get out and check, and, and but I, I just won't listen to the campground worker. Um, I, I'm not rude about it. I just simply ignore what they're saying. Um, we have friends who roll up their window <laughs> and are quite <laughs> active about their uh, their ignoring. Uh, but uh, I'm not that. Yeah. I'm not that way. Yeah, yeah I, I do the same thing, and, and uh, I've, I've actually had campground workers after I, I finished parking compliment me on how well I backed up. So I do appreciate that. But uh, they're while well intentioned. They they're, they're not there to help. And and a great example of that is is I have a, a triple axle fifth wheel. Uh, and it's a toy hauler, so my axles are located a little farther back to, to handle the weight in the back. And I have a, um, a, a dually with an eight-foot bed, so I have a somewhat slower turning radius. It takes me a little while to get going. I can't just crank it around when I'm going backwards. It won't move that fast. Um, and I've also driven two-wheel drive, shorter mm-hmm. uh, bunkhouses that have the two axles, and those axles are farther forward. And there's a big difference um, in how fast they react to your to your backing up. So that campground worker can't know that just looking at it. No, he doesn't. And also keep in mind that the campground worker is there to protect the campground and the campground fixtures, not your RV. So (laughs) you're the only one who cares about that branch and that tree. Uh, They just care about you not running over the sewer pipe and the water hose. Right, and the pedestal. Yeah. All right, so now... You backed successfully into your site, Dustin. Woohoo! Right. <laughs> what do you do now? <laughs> oh, I pull out a chair and I relax. No, <laughs> I, I wish that were the case. Uh, so now we're setting up. We're setting up at our campsite, right? And um, there's a couple things I do to simplify my setup experience. Uh, one of them is around water hoses. So I use Quick Connects. Quick Connects on every fitting of water, so I can quickly just plug my water hose into my RV with that Quick Connect. Um, there's no fumbling with uh, threading it onto the side of my RV. Just a, a quick, quick connect. Yep, and, and I'm actually reluctant to say I, uh, I traveled for for quite a while threading it on, and and we had met Dustin and his family, and uh, a few months after that we we decided to meet again. We were out in Utah, and and Dustin and his family pulled into this campground we were at, and I saw Dustin connect a quick connect, and, and I never wanted to give him credit, but. I actually saw that, and I went out and bought Quick Connects for mine, like, the next day. <laughs> Trendsetter. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that's, that's a big savings. Um, the only threading on I do is I use, I have one of those those blue water filters that goes onto the to the pipe in the campground, and everything mm-hmm. else is a Quick Connect. Yeah, I, I do the same. I put the little blue Camco water filter uh, on the water spigot at the campground, and I do that because they're plastic, they're thread-on, usually fairly easy, but they're disposable. They right. might last a month, might last three months, but uh, at some point you throw them away and you get a new one, and um, it doesn't matter. 
Yeah, exactly. And then I quick connect to the back of the filter and then quick connect into mm -hmm. my RV. I also use an elbow on my RV. So the, the water spigot inlet on your RV typically goes straight out. So if you were to thread a hose on or even a quick connect with your hose, it comes off at an awkward angle. So if you use a 90 degree um, elbow there right. and leave that elbow on permanently, um, then it, the cord hangs down at a more convenient angle and doesn't put so much stress on either the cord nor your water inlet. Yep, absolutely, I do the same thing. I have a, a 90 degree copper elbow threaded on there and then quick connect after that. So one of, one of my favorite things about setting up is, is delegating. So I have, a, I have a wife, I have three children and uh, when we when we set up, everybody everybody has a job and everyone knows what their job is. Um, so you know, usually we can we can set up. We can have we can once we're finished backing in, we can have our RV hooked up, set up, slides out, all within about ten to fifteen minutes at most. Todd, every time I see your family do it, I'm I'm in awe because um, I wish my family could do that. But his family is just in a flurry of activity and they're all doing different things and, and they get set up in no time. It's really uh, admirable. Well, sometimes. You, you've seen them on their best behavior. There are other times it does take longer. The most exciting uh, time for my family when we arrive at a campground is that uh, pre-setup inspection. That's where we arrive at a campground and we pull down our stairs and we get to look around the RV uh, because we get to see what's broken, what fell off, uh, what fell off the counters, what piece of trim fell off, uh, what slide popped out, uh, what glass broke in the RV, what jar of syrup spilled on the carpet. I was saying, what condiment fell out? <laughs> yeah, we get to we get to play that game where you trace the water, the, the trail of water uh, from one end of the RV to the other to see where it started leaking. So uh, it's always an exciting time uh, to to inspect the RV upon uh, upon arrival. Actually, that makes me think of another another trick. Uh, you know, we, we, we set up the outside first but we never turn on the water until we actually get inside and make sure all the faucets are turned off. Oh yeah, I do the same. Actually, I, I have a, a kid on toilet duty. Uh, <laughs> we have one of those soft closed toilets, which are really great. They use water pressure to, uh, I, I don't know how they work to be honest. All right. But I do know that if you're in a park with low water pressure, um, sometimes the toilet will start running and it will not stop until you flush that toilet. So I have a kid designated to toilet duty. And so as, when I'm ready to turn on the water, I have a kid stand there, turn on the water, they flush the toilet, and all is well. Yep. Great point. Um, it's easier than cleaning up a toilet that's is, overflow. Right. Yes. You never want to clean up a toilet overflow. Uh, one, one other hint for, for travel days. So there are times when we're traveling a long destination or, or to a distant destination. Um, so we may have a stop or one night or two nights or three nights where we're stopping just for one night. Um, in those cases, when I call for a reservation, I always ask, do you happen to have any pull-throughs? Um, I know for a quick stop, it's much easier to pull into a pull-through, leave the truck connected to the RV. Um, I still put the legs down, take a little weight off the truck, but uh, it's much easier that next morning just to lift those legs up and go. What about sewer? Do you always connect your sewer? I don't. Uh, I won't do that, especially, again, on a, on a quick stopover if we're only there for the night. Um, Generally, I won't. I won't hook up the sewer because I'll just let all the, the the tanks hold what they need to hold until we get to the spot where we're going to set up for for a few days or a few weeks or a month even. That's what tanks are for, right? Absolutely. Now, if everyone in my family decides they want to take a shower, I generally will hook up uh, just because I don't want to carry on all that extra 
gray water weight. Yeah, that's a good point. I usually, uh, when we're traveling long distances, I'll connect a sewer every third day, typically. Uh, maybe every two days, every four days, but somewhere around three days. That just saves a little time, a little convenience when we're traveling. Yep, this makes it a little bit easier to break down in the morning. Now, what about when you're leaving? So, any travel hacks when you leave a campsite? So, when I leave, we, you know, we talked a little bit about it earlier. Um, I make sure I do that last-minute walk around, and I do count all my lug nuts, make sure they're all there. You count your lug nuts? I actually do count my lug nuts. I know it sounds silly, but it, what it does is it, it makes me focus on those, those tires for a minute and just make sure that everything that's supposed to be down there and connecting my tires to my RV are, are still attached. That's a good point. Yeah, I can I can roll with that. Uh, one of the things that I like to do when leaving is I look at the time. If I have to be out of that campground by 11 o'clock, then I tell my family that we need to be out by 10 o'clock. Because for some reason, time just... I don't. We lose time somehow when we're leaving. So I always try to pad an extra hour into our setup experience, our, our takedown experience, uh, just so we're not rushed. Uh, nothing worse than rushing to set up and rushing to leave. I've been at some campgrounds that have a clipboard and they're standing right in front of your RV watching the time go down as you must leave by 11 o'clock and it's 10.59. Uh, and you're still packing up. And still packing up, yes. Yep. And, and I mentioned earlier, you know, one of, one of the best ways to, to fight with a spouse is have them help you back into an RV spot. But for me, at least, that's the, the other great way to start a family fight is, is departure time. Um, I have to be very clear on departure time, and uh, I can't try to change that. So just the way I am, I may say, let's we're going to leave here at 9 a.m., but if at 8 a.m. I'm feeling good, I'm like, we could get out of here at 8.30. And if I try to adjust that departure time, uh, that can cause quite a bit of consternation and, and loud voices. <laughs> So anything else on, on departure day that you are or leaving a campground that you want to make sure you do before you, you head out? I like to plan my stops. Like, uh, you know, I, I mentioned before we like to look at the stops, but I like to plan my stops in advance um, and not only have my stop, but I also like to plan uh, a backup stop. So if I'm planning to go to the Flying J, for instance, that's two hours away, um, I also want a, a backup stop. So where could I stop in one hour, whether it be for a backup uh, bathroom break or uh, if I have to check in on something at, at work for instance so I, I not only want to know where I'm going but also where I, I could go alternatively. So that's, that's probably a really good thing to do. I, I tend to fly a little bit more by the seat of my plant, my pants. Um, I generally hit the road and then I'll have my, my co-pilot, whatever, whatever one of my children is sitting next to me, I, I will tell them, okay, you know, pull that, pull Google Maps up your, on your phone there and start looking two hours down the road for a Flying J or a pilot or some other place we can pull off and, and fuel up. But uh, while I don't look at it from the beginning, I do have somebody looking at it before I get there. So Dustin, I am very excited. We have a, a special guest with us now, uh, a, a giant among RVers, a titan of the traveler, Mr. Doug Setzer from LearnToRV.com. So Doug, what is Learn to RV? All right, so I think you have greatly overestimated who I am and what I do. <laughs> but, you know, it's always good to be appreciated. Um, yeah, I've been around for a while. Uh, we RV'd full-time for five years, just got into a house. And we RV'd before that for a handful of years. And Learned RV started kind of as, as we got started. And um, 
I had some family and friends who got into RVing shortly after us. And as I would learn things, I'd need to pass along that information to them. And getting into the blog format just kind of made the most sense. So the site is a handful of uh, information for new RVers, a handful of information for experienced RVers, tips and tricks. And then I also got into get into product reviews and uh, a couple of campground reviews type of things. And and really helpful too. Even as an experienced RVer, I uh, I find a lot of helpful information on on learntorv.com. So really appreciate you being here uh, with us today, Doug. So uh, we have really one super important question to ask you, and that is, um, of all the knowledge that you have, what is the one travel tip that you want to pass on to all of our podcast listeners? The absolute biggest thing for me is slow down. Um, mistakes happen when. When you're rushing, when you're you're moving too quick, um, when you're tired uh, from you know rushing and moving too quick, um, you know everything from our breakdown process to you know for us hitching up or you know if somebody were hooking up a car, um, we always take our time. We we go slow. Um, in our case, my wife actually double checks everything I do, and I hate to admit the number of times she's pointed out stuff that I've missed. Um, but really, it's it's slow down. And then travel days, uh, we don't try to get anywhere fast. Uh, even if we're going a lot of miles, which we try to avoid, uh, we still plan on just slower travel days. Um, I've calculated that the longer the day, we will have an overall travel time, you know, pushing like 40 miles per hour once you factor in stops. Uh, but I feel like the slower moving, the slower you know miles per hour that we travel down the highway and the whole nine yards, we're more alert, we're more attention, and we can more respond to things when it gets sideways. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, that's a great, a great point. I know that, you know, travel days can be stressful when you're when you're packing up and you're trying to get your kids in the car or into the truck and you're trying to get your RV hooked up and you're trying to get down the road. You know, you got five hours ahead of you driving. You just want to be gone, and it it can be stressful. And 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 you're right. Once you get rushed, that's when mistakes happen. And that's when you can really, you can not only damage your RV, damage your truck, you can hurt somebody. So I think it's a great tip. Just slow down, take your time. Um, your destination is going to be there. Yeah, and, and, and that's not only a good tip for, for traveling, but it seems like it's probably a good tip for RVing in general. Just slow down and enjoy the lifestyle. Yep, absolutely. Definitely. And kind of piggybacking off of that, um, the hitching up and unhitching process, um, it's sort of slowing down, but when your chatty neighbor comes over and he wants to talk to you about that <laughs> weird-looking bike rack you have hanging off that has the bikes up over your truck bed, um, be polite, send them away, and be like, look, you know, I just need to focus. I need to take my time with this. Um, and a lot of times they don't take the hint, and they'll stand there and talk to you again. And that's the most important time to slow down, realize that your process was interrupted, and start over. Um, you know, really work through a step-by-step process with hitching and unhitching because that to me is the the biggest scary point even after going this for for pushing 10 years now every time i go to pull out that first time i know i've I've hitched up right i know i've pulled test but i still have that moment of anxiety every time i pull out of a campsite and unhitching pulling that big lever on to release the fifth wheel man it it scares me every time and i i want it to scare me every time because that means i'm i'm paying attention but it always comes back to me for slowing down, making sure I really went through everything like I was supposed to. And like I said, having somebody double checking doesn't hurt. Yeah. 
Yep. And, and actually, you know, kind of the other side of that story, uh, I think it's important. I know, and I'm sure you know, and full-time RVers know that, uh, don't interrupt somebody when they're, when they're hooking up to leave or when they're, they're trying to set up, you know, that's the time you want to leave them alone and, uh, let them, let them focus on what they're doing. So I know if I want to talk to somebody when they, when they arrive at a campground, I may go say hi, but then I leave and I let them set up. Same thing. When I see someone departing, I may go over and say, Hey, it was great seeing you have a safe travel day. But then I, I leave and I let them, them go through their process of, of hooking up. Yep. So, uh, great tips here. Really want to appreciate you coming on here and, uh, sharing your, your travel tip with us here. Um, and for everyone else, uh, please check out learn to rv.com. Yep. And that's learn L E A R N two T O R V.com. Thanks for joining us, Doug. All right. Thanks, Dustin. All right. So we have covered a lot. Um, what, what should our, our listeners do if they have any other travel hacks or, or tips they think we missed? Well, reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram, send us an email at uh, Dustin at RVingDads.com or, or Todd at RVingDads.com. Or, or if you're going to send it to Dustin, at least copy me. Make, make me feel like I'm, I'm important, too. <laughs> we want to hear your travel hacks. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, send them in. We would love to hear more. Uh, we have an upcoming episode with, with customer or customer. We listen to our questions, and uh, maybe we can throw some of those extra hacks in there. So we, we thank you for listening. Uh, this episode tonight was brought to you by Full-Time Families. And Learn to RV. Yep, LearnToRV.com. Make sure you check that out. Uh, so once again, thanks for listening. We hope you found some value in this podcast, if only for entertainment. Mm-hmm.